Singing waves, fox fear, lockers acting very weird Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons and the afterlife Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very hard Four drive, black alert, Giorgio has gone berserk Teacher, bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fuck is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Peter's cat, Kim packs that, you had said enough of that. Beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Welcome, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. It is Thursday, January 5th, 2023. Oh my God, we made it. It's episode 508. And our phone number here is 646-668-2433. So you can let your fingers do the walking and call track talking. We've got a lot to talk about. As I said, uh, Happy New Year, guys. Welcome to 2023. Uh, wow. Hard to believe. Um, yeah. 2022 was the year of Star Trek. Uh, how, many, how many consecutive weeks of new Star Trek did we have? 48? 49 a lot a lot yeah it was in those in the mid 40s there somewhere it was pretty good maybe in every the mid-50s. single it was long yeah, it was a long time every thursday we had a new star trek episode so let's hope that 2023 brings us more of the same joy anyways welcome to trek talking guys i'm your most excellent host uncle jim and with me as usual we have my trek spurs let's go around and introduce everybody we'll start off with david the not donut guy tonight. He's out in Portland. How you doing, David? I'm pretty good. I think um, uh, no donuts today, but I think I should be known as the banana bread guy now because I got some really whole, good homemade banana bread. Okay, so you're going to be the banana bread guy. There we go. All right, we <laughs> can do that. Good. I like it. We can do that. And also hailing from Portland as well. We have Paul, the wine slash toy guy. How you doing tonight, Paul? Doing well, my friend. Doing well. It's been a crazy uh, end of the year, but, uh, you know, you come back from a little time off in the holidays. You do a little uh, reflection, a little downtime, a little R&R. You feel good. So I think this has been reading up on uh, the year of the rabbit, uh, which is what we have in the the Chinese New Year coming in another couple of weeks. And it bodes well. I like the sound of it. It sounds like it's going to be a very uh, uh, positive uh, horizon for all of us would be what I would say. So, uh, so I'm very optimistic about the year to come. Let's hope. Let's hope so. And also from Portland, we, do we see a pattern developing here? We have our very own Eric. How are you doing tonight, Eric? I am doing great, Jim. What can I say? Portland breeds good people. Uh, Lots of friends here, lots of Star Trek lovers, uh, lots of different little Star Trek community pockets around Portland. So, hey, what can I say? But, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. uh, 
I'm so happy to have made it to 2023. Uh, I also, like Paul, had a little time off, so that sort of got me nice and chilled out for the beginning of the new year. Um, trying not to pay too much attention that the bell riots are supposed to happen next year, but you know we got a whole year until we got to worry about that, right? That's future Eric's problem. That that's very true. That's that's the the alternate timeline problem to worry about. That's that's not where we are. So, and of course, not from Portland, but from Las Vegas, we have our very own Charles. How you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing all right. Dealing with the rain today, California sending the le- their leftovers over to us. So the big storm is hitting Southern California is coming over and getting us wet too. So better rain than snow. If it was cold, we'd be getting snow. So luckily, we're warm enough to staying warm enough to get rain. Well, we're not going to have any rain today. Today we're going to be track talking, guys. We're going to be talking about the Star Trek Prodigy Season 1 Finale Part 2 Supernova. So if you're interested, you want to give us a call and join into that conversation because we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. There's a lot to unpack. We have Vice Admiral Janeway's personal log, and we have uh, Kate Mulgrew's lesson of the episode as well, so you definitely want to stay tuned for that one. But wait, there's more. We have an exciting new exclusive clip for Star Trek Picard Season 3 and a soundbite from the new USS Titan A theme song. So we've got some really cool Star Trek Picard stuff for you guys to kind of get psyched because Star Trek Picard, we have to wait all the way until the 16th of next month before we see it. So uh, we're going to get little leaks and bits of information between now and then, and we definitely will pass them along to you. Uh, We're also going to talk a little bit about a new comic book from Strange New Worlds called Enigma Number 1. It is out. We're going to chat a little bit about that. We also have convention calendars, so you can find out where you can find other like-minded fans such as yourself and go and hang out with them. So that's cool. We have our Star Trek birthdays, and we have our fan shout-out. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So give us a call at 646-668-2433, and we'll get you on the air to share your opinions with us. As of right now, we have 120,970 downloads of this podcast, which is pretty damn cool. So thank you to each and every one of you guys. And If somebody was interested, if they missed last week's show or two weeks, you know, the show from two weeks ago, or maybe you want to go back and listen to that awesome 25th anniversary Star Trek V show that we did with Spice Williams, one of the best Klingons ever. Paul, Paul, where could our fans go to find all those awesome podcasts and so much more? Well, my friend, we have one-stop shopping for you in the form of trektalking.com. Just like the show, just like the Facebook page, just like whatever you choose to call it that's related in any way to our show, our podcast, trektalking.com is your only destination. That's right. You can head over there, and there's over 600 podcasts 
there that you can enjoy. So head on over there and check out the history of truck talking. There's a lot of great stuff there. Um, Our Facebook page, we have 105,710 likes, which is also awesome. Eric, how many likes did we have when you first came aboard? Do you remember? Uh, It was on the order of 5,000, I believe. Wow. So quite quite a jump. If our fans wanted to go and check out our Facebook page, how's the easiest, quickest way for them to get there? Easy, Jim. TrekTalking.com. Just go there. It's all there for you. That's all you need to know. Yeah, everything is there. It's it's pretty awesome. Truck, uh, TrekTalking.com, you know, uh, it's a great website. And maybe maybe I'm a little bit biased. I don't know. But it, <laughs> Jim, it, it, would you say... Yeah. Would you say that trektalking.com is the greatest website that you've ever designed? I would, yes. I, I would definitely say that. So there you have it, that, that the, greatest, I would, I, the greatest that Uncle Jim has ever designed. There you go. Yeah, go I, would, I, would def- I would say that for sure. And uh, over, if you go over to trektalking.com, guys, you can find a really cool write-up and lots of information on AlienCon. That's right, AlienCon. And uh, you can find out the where, the when, the who's, everything you need to know about AlienCon. And I happen to have a pair of weekend passes for AlienCon that I want to give to you. That's right. I'm going to give them to you for free just because Happy New Year. Go check out some aliens. Uh, In order to win them, though, Charles, how do our fans win these tickets for AlienCon? Well, I believe Uncle Jim said you need to go over to trekkingdalking.com and go look for the microphone. And the best uh, message left is going to win a set of tickets. That's right. And just, just to give you what your whistle a little bit, we have a little promo spot that Eric put together for us to kind of let you know what you're in for. Alien Con is back. Join us March 4th through 5th at the Pasadena Convention Center for a weekend of exploration and meet your favorite experts from ancient aliens, the secret of Skidwalker Ranch, the unexplained, and the proof is out there. Tickets at thealiencon.com. That's right, guys, but you don't have to get tickets at thealiencon.com because I have them in my hand. And all you got to do is go to trektalking.com, click on the blue microphone, which you'll see in the bottom right-hand corner, and tell us why you deserve to go. We'll play the best message on the next podcast, and you will be off to AlienCon. Sounds pretty fun, doesn't it, David? Sorry, I have my mouth full. Uh, Yes, it does. Were you eating banana bread again? I can't open it so good. More banana bread. <laughs> oh, well. So, guys, um, I, I I know I have total faith that you will call. I do. I really do. Getting from there to here. It's been a long time. But your time is finally here. You can feel the change in your thoughts right now. Nothing's in your way And they're not gonna hold you down no more No, they're not gonna hold you down Cause we've got faith 
Metro Call. We want to hear what you have to say. We've got faith to believe in Trek Talking today. You've got faith in your fingers. All you got to do is sound now. You can reach us right now. We've got faith. We've got faith. Faith that you can Well, that's right. It's your call, 646-668-2433. Eric, doesn't that bring back memories? It sure does, man. I was just thinking, wow, I remember way back when I recorded that. I think that, that might be right for an update. We'll have to see. Hey, that was a I don't know how ago. you get your voice so high like that. How is that possible? <laughs> uh, well, He's the man. Be, uh, Paul, people have uh, different fruit geometries, and I just happen to have one of those ones that's in that tenor range. So there you wow. go. Wow. That's impressive, and I've seen you sing like in front of a large uh, audience of people, and it's it's amazing. I don't know how you do it. Thanks, so, man. You know, he's, yeah, he's the man. Right. I just yeah, I can't even re- begin to get up that high. My throat geometry is more like a brick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, dudes, I'm just looking at a, I'm just looking at AlienCon, right? And you know, one of their guests is the Eric Von Doniken is one of the huge keynote guests there. Does everyone know who that is, or is or am I dating myself? Oh, you should, you I, should bring uh, it up, though. Eric Mondonikin is the author of the infamous Chariots of the Gods book, mm-hmm. basically. Yep. Like, it, it's basically the, series, the right? Yeah, he, and it's basically he's the guy who did all that initial uh, uh, archaeological you know, popularization of like, things like the plains of Nazca in uh, South America and crystal skulls and all that crazy stuff that seemed to point that there might be a, uh, evidence of prior visitation from uh, someplace other than Earth. But uh, it's a fascinating con. So if you're at all interested in like extraterrestrial stuff and alien visitation, you want to see people like George Knapp and Hugh Newman and all kinds of cool people, call up and leave a message and get these tickets. Because California, Pasadena, right? So if you're in Pasadena, Trek talking fans, you really want to go to this thing. I mean, this is a this is a very cool uh, con with a lot of astrophysicists and yeah. folks who used to work for the government who are now speaking. You know, guys who used to work for like Defense Intelligence Agency and stuff. So this is a real McCoy. This is a really cool con. Um, and Jim sent you for free. So pick up the phone and leave a zany message and uh, yeah. get yourself down there. Get probed. It's it's so easy. Go to trektalking.com, roll your mouse to the bottom right-hand corner, and click on the little blue microphone, and just record. I think you have two minutes and 13 seconds, I think, or uh, three minutes. Anyway, <coughs> you have a couple of that's minutes. That's great, though, man. Yeah, if Eric oh. Von Donneken was in Portland, I'd be all over it. I would be right down yeah, there. Yeah, and he's got not only does he have those types of cred, he also, I believe, if I remember right, he wrote um, Contact, which was an excellent adaptation of the Carl Sagan. <laughs> did he really? I yeah. did not know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's a, he's a legendary cat. I, I wasn't even sure he was still around, but uh, – but yeah, that's a rare opportunity to see this guy. So don't don't sleep on that, friends. Yeah, that's a big deal. This is a real con. I'm like, I'll wow, you, I had not I heard of any con, but I wish it was. If it closer. wasn't on the other side of the country, I would go myself. If it wasn't all the way over in Pasadena, I would be there. If it was if it was in yeah, Boston. Check out, that, uh, check out their site, man. It's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, please do. We have we have tickets, and I'd love to give them to you guys. 
All right, guys. So uh, this is the part of the show where we we say thank you to you, our listeners, and we get our listeners from our Facebook page. And you can head on over to trucktalking.com, click on the link to go to our Facebook page, and at the top you'll see "Live Long and Prosper." Some questions they asking where you're listening us from. Uh, if you see a heart next to your name from yours truly, Uncle Jim. That means that you've been chosen for a future fan shout-out, and your name will be immortalized for all of eternity as not only a Star Trek fan, but a member of the Trek Talking family. So head on over there and make it so. And Eric, you want to get us started with our fan shout-outs this week? I absolutely do, Jim. Uh, I love this part of the show because we get to bounce all over the globe. Uh, our very first fan shout-out is going to take us over to Gaiomoro, Hungary, where we're going to say hello to Gaiula Zala. Gaiula Zala from Hungary. Thank you so much for listening to us. We really appreciate your support, and it's cool to have somebody from your awesome country um, just saying hello to us. Um, lets us know that uh, Star Trek is alive everywhere out there. We're also saying hello and sending out a big kapla this week to Auntie Taro, way up there in Scandinavia, Aulo, Finland, sending us a live long and prosper symbol. Auntie, thank you so much for saying hello to us on the website this week. Ilona Lankutis from Rüsselheim, Germany. Uh, one of these days I'm going to make it over there, Ilona. I would love to see your country, and I'd love to see Ruselheim. I've never uh, thought about going there before, so let me check it out. Uh, thank you so much for saying hello to us. And finally, you're going to find out just how bad my French is, but I'm going to give it a try. I do know that it's Lyon, France, that we're Well done, to sir. Well done. Right now, but I'm going to guess that it's Alain Wardane or something like that. <laughs> Werdane, <laughs> uh, Alain, thank you so much. Uh, I'm sorry, I probably massacred your name. French is not one of those language, languages with which I'm familiar. Uh, but we do appreciate your support, as we do appreciate the support of all of those who interact with us on our Facebook page. Charles, I know that you've got some top fans you want to say hi to. Yeah, I think Jim went a little overboard with the top fans. So let's start with a top fan in New Mexico, Tim Kling. And then another top fan in Nova Scotia, Dovis Dean, Joseph Dean. And a top fan in Nebraska, Carol Bradley. And a top fan from Arkansas, Isaac Hernandez. David, why don't you keep going with the top fans? All right. Looks like I got a top fan from Mobile, Mobile, Alabama, uh, Trey Wilson. Next top fan from Marin, Texas, Stephen Jensen. The last top fan on my list would be from Florida, Alan Hallmeyer. And next on my list is Diane R. Smith from North Dakota. Paul, who's on your list? All kinds of folks all over this mighty spinning planet that we call home, friends. First of all, I'd like to say a mighty kapla, and thanks for listening to Sabine Neutzel in Berlin, Germany, flashing us the live long and prosper sign right back at you, Sabine. Thanks for checking out our Facebook page, and thanks for listening to the show. It's good knowing you're out there. 
Uh, also, hailing frequencies are open for top fan Sandra Di Girolami in Adelaide, South Australia. Adelaide is pretty spectacular. That is about due west of Melbourne, if I recollect, sort of on the other side of the uh, tip from Sydney there. But absolutely amazing continents uh, there, one I hope to visit and uh, wishing you all the best. I know uh, a lot of fires ravaged Australia the last couple of years, so I hope uh, things are improving and doing well. At least you are in a fabulous coastal spot there in Adelaide. So uh, thanks so much for being a fan of the show, Sandra. Absolutely great to hear from you, and thanks for reaching out. Back over in the continent, as they say, in uh, Rutland, Oakham, in the United Kingdom, uh, big hello and thank you for listening to Stephen Lambert. Oakham, if I recollect, is like north of Northampton. I'm pretty sure it's not that far from Birmingham, where a lot of my people are from. They're kind of in that West Midlands area, uh, kind of roughly due east of Wolverhampton, I think. That's where where my people hail from. So great to know there is a fellow Brit out there that is digging all things Trek, Stephen. Thank you so much for uh, commenting and saying hello. And finally for me, uh, a little further down the road from the UK in Breda in the Netherlands, it's Kisan Ahodai who is saying hello to us. We have got folks all over the place. The Netherlands are pretty spectacular. Looks like you're hanging your hat uh, right midpoint between Antwerp and Rotterdam there. So a wonderful spot of the world to be living in, Kisan. And it's great to know that there are Star Trek fans everywhere because Star Trek fans are the best fans. Isn't that right, Uncle Jim? I say that all the time because it's absolutely true. And speaking of awesome fans, uh, I want to say kapla to top fan Bob Simono, who's listening to us in Salem, Massachusetts. We want to say hello and thank you to Augustine Taylor, who flashes us the live long and prosperous time from Kentucky. We want to say thank you to Gene McKeon, who's listening in Terre Haute, Indiana. Is, is that where the Christmas story took place? I'm not, I, that sounds familiar. Mm, I don't remember. Uh, it's it's a well-known town for many many things. I I don't remember specifically about that, Jim. To tell you the truth. Yeah, I'm not, I I don't I maybe I'm wrong. But thank you for listening from uh, to Gene McKeon from Terre Haute, Indiana. And last on my list, we want to say Caplata Norman Peterson, who's listening to us in Colorado. And uh, that wraps up our fan shout out section, guys. And we do have a caller on the line. And. Uh, I had faith. I knew that they would call, especially with Eric's it's awesome. It's the song, song, Jim. I'm telling you, every time we play the song, somebody calls. It's true. It's the song. It's definitely the song. So let me see if my uh, device, there we go. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talking. Mm-hmm. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Kapla, my brothers. Happy New Here Year. Is. Hey, Ray. Hey, Ray. Hey. What's happening hey, hey. down in the Bronx? Yeah, I'm still on the, yeah, I'm home. I'm home and it's freaking warm it's warm it's warm my head is crazy. It's warm. Hey, right. No rain, did, no did, uh, did you go and see the ball drop in Times Square? Oh no, 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 no. I don't do that no more. You know why? Because first of all, okay, I gotta go up there mad early to do all that. So I'm not trying to leave my house about like three or four o'clock and way out, way out okay, but, but, way out it was kinda of raining. Most mm-hmm. of the day, so I was, mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. So I was, I was not trying to go through all that. 
So what I did was I stay, I stayed in my house, watching, I watched on TV, I watched on TV. I've been doing for the past all these years. The last time I would see the ball drop, I think it was like back in 1996 or 97. And after that, I'm never going back on that again. Never. Uh-uh. <laughs> Smart man. It's, it's too much headaches. It's too much headaches to go through all that. Wow. Yeah, I can't Very even imagine. I, it's you, ugly. You would it, never, it's ugly. It's you'd never catch me. Never, no, never, never in a million years. You know why? You know why? Because you know why? Because happened was well, years ago I, I used to drive, right? So happened was that you know, like, you, you know, you know how my hand is. But I'm going to say I mean, you know, uh, you know for a fact you cannot find a parking space. So you don't just have to park my car in the garage. You know what I'm saying for all that. And then number two, number two, you gotta go to a lot of people. In Times Square to go to, I say, you know what? I would never do that again. Uh, uh-uh. no way, not really. Well, at least, at least you did it once, right? That's that's the important thing. Yeah, once but guys, I mean, I'm, I mean, I mean, but guys, question. Okay, okay. Now the other day, right? Like I, I haven't seen this yet. Okay, but the other day, right? Um, my wife was watching uh, Star Trek. Uh, what's it? Strange New Worlds, right? Um, how many episodes that is? What eight episodes it did? Because we, 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 because right now it's on DVD right now. I, ten. I, I heard ten. Oh, 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 ten. oh, they ten. Okay, so have okay, so what happened was right. She did all ten, right? So I, you know, I, no, 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 I gotta do. I gotta sit down and watch it all ten by myself. But I have one question to ask y'all. Is it? I mean, if, if this series, like I, said, this, I mean, I mean, this series, you know, this series kind of cool and everything else. But I mean, but is it like um couple years before? Did he make the Telosians or, or something afterwards? Wow. This is after. Yeah, this is Wait, after no, the Telosians. No, after Telosians. But yeah. this is before oh, the events okay. of the Menagerie, okay? And like, right, right, the part right. Of, like, where he, it's before that. This is a prequel right. that's before that. He's had a preview okay, of okay, what he's okay. going to experience when he we sees him from the part that we're used to from the original series. But that hasn't right. happened yet. So this is all prequel stuff before. Oh, okay, good, no, good, no, good. I'm sitting there. I don't, no, 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 I said, I, you know, so I, I was saying, like, you know, like, little, 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 you know, like, you know, little tab, they got tickets, they got on Netflix now. You know what I'm saying? I was a little bit tired of tab, but I need to sit down and watch all 10 by myself. So, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I get the fulfill. But, you know, but, you know, so the wild part about this is the characters was, what, you know, was off the hook. But the wildest thing I was telling her, I was telling her, I said, listen, they're enjoying it. The the uh, the one they're doing right, and then I read on Facebook talking about he's really blind real life. I'm like, what? Yep, he was. Yeah, he. he I, I think he was ninety percent blind. I don't think he was hundred percent. I think he's probably because of, legally blind. Yeah. Legally blind. Yeah. Because 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 he's the first cat on Star Trek as a blind man did that. He's the first, you know like he's the first one who ever done that. So I was saying myself, oh man, I said, yo, I can't wait to call you out today, and you know, you, you, you know what I'm saying? I know what I'm saying, like, give me the heads up on that. That's all I'm saying. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I said, look, interesting. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna wait till Saturday to watch all two episodes on Saturday. If not, if not, I go. I, I go to Best Buy and buy the DVD for my collection. Nice. <laughs> well, enjoy you the ride, brother. It's a great series. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You'll like. I love it. You'll yeah, like you know it. Saying, Anyway, so anyway, let me go get some eat. You know what I'm saying? This 2023, I'm going to be 50 years old. Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just to, just to help everybody set the timeline, so Strange New Worlds is set in the year 2259. 
And, uh, you know, the original Star Trek starts in 2266, uh, right. if you count just the Kirk stuff, yeah, so. Right. Yeah. Right. So, right. Right. So, right. So, so, why about now? Why about I gotta compare all this? That's what I'm saying. But like, like, like I said, the character is good. The storyline is excellent. You know what I'm saying? Like this. I mean, I mean, they kept it real like that. So, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm proud of them to do that. I, I wait. I, I wait for. Well, I gotta see the first and the first because I, I gotta see what's going on with the um the second series. I don't know. I don't know when it when it comes to the same thing with Picard. I'm waiting for what's going on. What's going to do season three? I don't know what's going on with this next month. Next month, yeah. 16th, next month we the get it. The 16th of next month. Oh, oh well, next month, well, February 15th, next month? February 15th, yeah. we get the card. Yep. All right, cool, cool. Sometime, uh, cool. After, I'll be that, that. We'll, sometime after that, we'll get uh, Disco- we'll get Discovery and uh, Strange New World. That's all I'm waiting for. That's all I need to know, guys. So that's it, yep. guys. Enjoy your night. Be safe. Enjoy your night. Everything else, you know what I'm saying. Kapla, and I'll call you guys next week. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Yep. Happy New Year, Thanks, Ray. Ray. Thanks for calling, buddy. You too, guys. Happy New, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You too, guys. Bye, bye. See you later. Kapla. Bye. Kapla. All right, guys. That was Ray from the Bronx, and uh, we love to hear from Ray. And uh, are we are we ready for some Star Trek birthdays, guys? Heck yeah. Absolutely. Let's do it. That was not a Klingon song. All right, guys, we always, always start off our Star Trek birthdays with remembering those members of our Star Trek family who, sadly enough, are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. Yeah, Jim, uh, our very first remembrance this week is going out to actor David Froman, uh, who was a Klingon. He played Commander Kinnera in the TNG episode Heart of Glory. That's the one where we finally get to see the the Klingon death roar for the first time. Uh, but I love that. Dave, I know you do, because that's such a special moment, and it's like a real connection to their culture, I think. Um, and it's that, cool That's the have. one where the, the Klingons build, they disrupt their out of their belt buckles and their shoelaces, and, you know, yep. they pop parts off their armor, and uh, it, I, I really liked that episode. That it's was one of, the, episode. one of those first season episodes that was, that was good. Yep, Absolutely. Um, and Dave Froman uh, not only was a great Klingon in that great episode, definitely best known for his role as Lieutenant Bob Brooks uh, in the show Matlock from 1986 through 1994. And if you don't know who Matlock is, you got some you got some watching to do. <laughs> Go back and check out Bob Brooks uh, in that show. Uh, he also got to work with William Shatner and T.J. Hooker in the 80s, which is kind of cool. Um, but, you know, after his acting career ended in the 90s, he went back and became a teacher at A&M College um, where he taught theater uh, until the day he died. So Dave Froman, awesome Klingon, lived to the ripe old age of 71 years old. Happy birthday uh, and kapla to you, sir. Uh, Gary Epper would have also had a birthday this week. Uh, Gary Epper uh, was a stuntman, uh, has 
tons and tons of credits uh, under his belt, so to speak. We know him as the assimilated Ensign Lynch in Star Trek First Contact, but ha- but as a stuntman, he's been all over the place. And I know uh, Paul and Jim are going to love this. He was in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. He was in Rollerball. He was in 1941, Blade Runner, The Beastmaster, Top Gun, Roadhouse, The Rocketeer, Speed, Jurassic Park, and I'm just naming the big ones. Um, so this guy is like a stuntman from from all over the place. Right on. Uh, he he was in everything. Um, he did some TV, did some Lassie, some Rockford Files. Also did T.J. Hooker with uh, William Shatner, mostly in a stunt capacity. But Gary Epper got to play a cool Borg uh, in First Contact as well. So lost in, back in 2007 uh, at the age of 62 years old, Gary Epper would have had a birthday this week. Happy birthday as well to Stanley Kamel, an extremely prolific actor, uh, over 80 television appearances uh, to his name over his 40-year career. Um, we are saying happy birthday to him because he played Kaczynski in the TNG episode where no one has gone before. Um, some consider the first episode, but then some don't. The second, you know, it's like a little confusing, but there. But What's important is that um, this guy was, uh, has, has done some other really cool things. The thing that I really know him for was that he was in Monk. Have you, have you guys seen him in Monk? <laughs> he was, he's the psychiatrist. Um, he's the guy who is the psychiatrist of Monk, and he's just fantastic. Uh, I love him in that role. He also played another psychiatrist in Murder One. Um, got his breakthrough doing soaps in the 70s, but then did tons and tons of TV in the 80s and 90s. And I must say that Stanley Kamel's, um Memory Alpha page is very well curated. Uh, if you do enough of these research projects, you do a lot of reading on Memory Alpha, and somebody has gone in and taken a lot of thought and care on his Memory Alpha page. So if you'd like to learn more about this great actor, uh, you should definitely go to his Memory Alpha page and check it out. So uh, happy birthday to Stanley Kamel. Happy birthday as well to actor Jason Evers. Uh, Jason Evers played Rael in the TOS episode Wink of an Eye. Uh, he uh, not only was in that, but was in a, in a movie that I'm wondering, I'm hoping Paul has seen. So Memory Alpha says that he's most famous for starring as Dr. Bill Cortner in the 1962 science fiction horror film B-movie classic, The Brain That Wouldn't Die. Have you seen that movie, Paul? Oh, man, you know, I'm pretty sure I have because that title definitely rings up okay. hard, but it's but I don't have a real specific memory of it because, I mean, there's just so many pulps from that era. Totally. Uh, it just sounded like a one that was like, I just kind of want to watch it. It sounds like it might be fun, and Jason Evers was in it. Um, so there you go. Sweet. Uh, other J- uh, Gene Roddenberry crossover, he was in a 1960 Western television series called Wrangler that was created by Gene Roddenberry. Um, Wrangler. <laughs> yeah. Was in 1967's Tarzan's Jungle Rebellion with Nichelle Nichols. Uh, sounds like an interesting movie. And also did some work with George Takei. In a 1968 movie called The Green, the Green Berets. So Jason Evers making his way around. Uh, we lost him back in 2005. Would have had a birthday this week. Happy birthday, Jason. Happy birthday as well to actress Nancy Vauter, who played Admiral Margaret Blackwell in the TNG episode The Pegasus. Uh, love that episode. 
love it so much. Um, that admiral had a relatively small role in there, and that's uh, indicative of Nancy's career. Uh, she just does, doesn't have a lot in there. She was kind of in L.A. Law, uh, a couple of uh, guest appearances, did some Hill Street Blues, uh, a couple of other television series along the way, but I'm sure had other more important priorities, so her acting career just a little, uh, a little thin on credits, but uh, great job in that episode. Just lost back in 2020 uh, pretty recently at age 82. So happy birthday, Nancy. Uh, so the big question, we'll, good, good, good admiral, evil admiral? Uh, <laughs> well, she's, she's not the most evil admiral in that episode. Uh, well, actually is – yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess I'll put her in the good category just because of that for now, uh, and I'll have to go back and rewatch. <laughs> I, I, I can buy that. Yeah, I'll yeah. Uh, happy birthday as well this week to William Boyette. Uh, William Boyette played Lieutenant Dan Bell in TNG's episode "The Big Goodbye." Uh, what a fun uh, six-season episode, or excuse me, first-season episode. He also was in a six-season episode, uh, Time's Arrow Part 2, so he has a couple of credits to his name. Uh, best known for sure as Sergeant Mac McDonald on the police drama Adam 12 from 1968 to 1975. <laughs> he was also in, check this out, Forbidden Planet in 1956. He, in 1971, he appeared with William Shatner in Vanished. In 1984, he appeared in Getting Physical with Spice Williams. In 1986, <laughs> he appeared with Terry Farrell in The Deliberate Stranger. And in 1991, he appeared with Bill Campbell, Clint Howard, and Max Grodencheck in The Rocketeer. So, wow. <laughs> you want to talk about Star Trek adjacencies, William Boyette. That's, that's great. William Boyette's <laughs> great, too, man. Is you got to check him out in a really awesome cult sci-fi horror movie called The Hidden, right? Ooh, it, that's a, I love that movie. Yeah, it's like 1987, I want to say. Kyle MacLachlan's in it, and uh, yep. a bunch of other really good actors like Michael Nury and Edo Ross. You know, really cool, but it just, it's it's very, uh, it has the same kind of energy that the first Terminator movie had. And William Boyette's got a huge part. He's kind of the catalyst that gets the gets the story going, but he's really good. I gotta go back now. I've got a wonderful excuse to watch Forbidden Planet again, man. Thank you. Because <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't I realize cannot... he was in that. Yeah, and I can't wait to watch. Uh, what was the movie you just mentioned again? The Hidden. The Hidden. Hidden. I need to watch yeah. that. Okay, I have. Uh, it's it. in the library. I'll, I'll I'll make sure it gets your way. But uh, but it's great. Super pulpy and violent. You'll love it. Awesome. <laughs> and you can find you can find. <laughs> You can find it under H on Jim Flicks, too. Oh, sweet. So I already have access. <laughs> All right. Well, happy birthday, William Boyette. Uh, man, that, that's great. Uh, also saying happy birthday this week to the one and only, as far as I know, brother of our dear Jean-Luc. Uh, Jeremy Kemp portrayed yeah. uh, Robert Picard in the TNG episode Family, and I really like that episode. I love seeing Picard in that kind of brother-brother um, relationship and just how freaking salty it is. And Top yet, 10, man. They, and yet how much they love each other, right? Yeah. Four Top seasons. 10. It's such a great episode, and it's just he's such a great foil for Picard. He's wonderful. Absolutely amazing. 
So what I didn't know was that Jeremy Kemp Kemp is not his original last name, but it is a familial name. So he was born Edmund Jeremy James Walker in Derbyshire, but then he ended up eventually taking his mom's maiden name as his moniker. So Kemp is his mom's maiden name, and that's his stage name. So there you go. Jeremy hmm. Kemp uh, began his acting career way back in the 50s, joining the Royal Shakespeare Company uh, for a couple of seasons, which is pretty cool. I did not know that he guest starred in the sci-fi series Space 1999, and the episode that he was in was called Voyager's Return, which is similar in theme to Star Trek Voyager's episode Friendship One. So yeah, he's he's uh, he's uh, the inventor of the quality drive, if I remember correctly, right? Ah, okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, he invents like this magic, this great satellite, right? That, that goes out there like a deep space probe. But the only problem is it uh, its drive emits this toxic radiation that'll kill anything, right? And so he becomes sort of you know, uh, little did we know when his his probe went out into the deep space it was like annihilating civilizations left and right but we didn't know because we were not out beyond the earth yet so he's kind wow. of uh, eventually your destiny comes calling so another really great jeremy Kemp performance he's terrific that's awesome thanks paul uh that's so cool i want to go watch that episode now <laughs> uh happy birthday jeremy kemp would have been uh january 3rd just a couple days ago uh 1935 is when he was born and our final remembrance this week is going to go out to actor alfred Ryder. alfred Ryder portrayed robert crater in the tos episode the man trap uh way way back when um Alfred made well over a hundred guest television appearances back in the day, like all the classics, Untouchables, the Invaders, Smoke, Man from Uncle Invaders, <laughs> Mission Impossible, like Quincy, like all all of that stuff that you talk about often from that era. He was he was in all of them. Um, also co-starred uh, in the classic 1969 western True Grit, which man, I know you know about that, Paul. Oh God, I wish I had a nickel for every time I watched that. I mean, my Seriously. God, it's fantastic. So Absolutely. Good, so good. John Wayne, Kim Darby. I mean, incredible. Um, was in Escape to Witch Mountain in 1975 and in a cult movie called Tracks in 1976 with Dean Stockwell. Not familiar with that one. Um, but he retired from acting in 1980 uh, and then spent 15 years living out his life. So Alfred Ryder would have had a birthday just today. Uh, the 5th of January, 1916 is when he was born. So happy birthday to Alfred, and thus endeth our remembrances for this week. So, Charles, uh, let's say happy birthday to those still with us. Ah, sure will. <clears throat> let's start off with Joe Sweeto, portrayed Gull Jacid in DS9's Emissary, Yogg in TNG's Firstborn, and Ambassador Thoris in Enterprise's Terra Prime. Awesome episode. Interesting that he's done at least four Star Trek video games. And I thought interesting on his credits that he has done several big, several major movies as part of the Loop Group. As part of the group that goes in after production to getting extra voices and stuff put in. Jeffrey Meade played Diaz in his real form in Enterprise episode Two Days and Two Nights. 
Interesting fact for him, he's one of only a few actors who's appeared in CSI, CSI Miami, and CSI New York. I did not realize that there's only a few people who have actually done that trio. Sheila McCarthy played the character Amisha in Discovery's New Eden. Has about 150 roles she has done from 82 to current. She's got a couple of stuff stacked up. Jennifer Hale voices Dog and Lieutenant Durga in Lower Deck series episode Much Ado About Boimler. I was really surprised at Jennifer. She started in 1988 and currently has over 470 different series she's been involved in. She's been involved in a lot of cartoons, a lot of video games, a lot of voice acting. John Hills portrayed Bruce Maddox in Picard's episode Stardust City Rag. Diane Ewing played Droxine in the TOS episode, The Cloud Minders. Only had about 27 roles from 68 to 77 before she left acting. A couple of her notable ones, she appeared in an episode of Mission Impossible and appeared in Gunsmoke. And Magnuson played Admiral Kristen Clancy in Bacard's episode Maps and Legends and Broken Pieces. And Michael Hung. I I just want to, on a side note for you guys, uh, she was the lead singer of an 80s uh, pop group called Vulcan Death Grip. And I was able to locate one of their uh, singles, if you want to call it that, a promotional video, and I put it on our Facebook page. So if you guys want to see what, what she looked like back in the 80s when she was all punked out and singing for Vulcan Death Grip, go to our Facebook page, and under her birthday listing, just scroll down a couple of posts, and you'll see the video that I posted of Vulcan Death Grip. Talking to Ann Magnuson, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yep. she's a popular actor I mean, beyond the, the singing thing. She's she's been done a ton of work. I mean, she's directed. She's done a lot of stuff. There was a an Android picture with John Malkovich. She did in '87 called "Making Mr. Right." She's uh, she's all over the place. So yeah, she's been around for a long time. But she had her foot in everything in the '80s. Yeah, really, really great. Yeah. In fact, I think she's been involved with more than one band and parts of the music industry. And Michael Hung played Remy in Strange New Episode, Serene Squall. Paul, who's on your list? I got some great ones, man. Uh, Some really cool folks uh, having birthdays here, either ending the year or starting the new one on here. First of all, happy birthday goes out to Conchetta Tomei, who played Odala in the Star Trek Voyager episode, Distant Origin. Happy birthday birthday Conchetta and this next one big fan big fan of B.B. Newworth B.B. Newworth a lot of people I'm sure remember from uh, her work in Cheers she's done a ton of stuff uh, in the 90s she was in Jumanji um, major New York uh, stage actor okay absolutely phenomenal 
really, really tremendous. Um, we're acknowledging her, of course, because she played in that classic Next Gen episode, First Contact, right? She's Nurse Linnell. I don't know if folks remember that, but she's got that great exchange where Riker's kind of, you know, mm. in the makeup of an alien. Will I ever see you again? I'll call you next time I pass through your star system. <laughs> Hilarious moment, but you know, I mean, BB Newworth does comedy, just like you know, she could write the book. So happy birthday, Ms. Newworth. We are big fans of you here on Trek Talking. The legendary Frank Langella is having a birthday here. That was a major casting get for Deep Space Nine, but he did several different episodes of Deep Space Nine, including Homecoming, The Circle, and The Siege, where he played. Uh, the character of politician Jaro Essa. He was a Majoran politician who ended up, I think, rising to the position of minister in the provisional government and then later on became an even more advanced leader. But, of course, going back to the late 70s, um, his big debut as a motion picture was in the title role of the, the John Badham version of Dracula uh, with Laurence Olivier, right, where he played a, a new, more romantic incarnation of Dracula than we were used to seeing. And he's been working ever since. Uh, absolutely a dynamic, legendary actor, and not without his share of controversy from here and there, but, but indelible uh, and, 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 and definitely a, a memorable performer. I just watched him in one of in a movie just yesterday. He played Skeletor opposite Dolph Lundgren in <laughs> He-Man <laughs> Masters of the Universe. Did he really? Wow, that says, that takes a special kind of. Have you seen it before, and, Jim? How oh, many times uh, was it? And I you went it. back and saw it again. Wow, that is it's, impressive. It's right up there with Flash Gordon. It's it's one of my. I love it. And you know who wow. else is in it? Robbie Duncan McNeil is in there, and Courtney Cox is in it as well. Wow, I, I feel for them, man. It's a it's, it's a, you, it's know, a you, you made the something. There are some it's traumas you movie. never recover from, and that might it's, be one. So it's a great movie. It, it is. A, it's a, it oh, is an infamous you know, motion picture. Uh, I will grant you, uh, without question. But uh, Frank Langella, uh, happy birthday, brother! Uh, you're, the you're, 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 there's no one like you. Back to the Future is in it too. Um, you're a slacker, McFly. What the hell is that guy's name? You know, oh, Mr. Strickland. Biff. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, He-Man and the Mash of the Universe. Great movie. Check it out. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I will, I'm still trying to purge it from my mind, bud, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got more birthdays. Going to keep rocking them out here on uh, Trek Talkhead here, the first Trek Talkhead of the year. Uh, Rekha Sharma, who we saw on Star Trek Discovery's Commander Ellen Landry. Terrific role. Excellent oh, work there, Rekha Sharma. And uh, if you're a Next Gen fan like myself, you may have known that a few times we had the visitation of the great Albert Einstein in a couple of uh, episodes, often at the poker table in the nth degree and descent. And Mr. Einstein was uh, portrayed by actor Jim Norton in a wonderful way. Made, uh, it was great to see a fictional, or, you know, a fictional representation of a historical character. I think when that's done, it's really engaging. And when they start doing stuff like that on Next Gen and uh, Voyager in particular. I thought that was just done really deftly and interestingly. And uh, really cool that Jim Norton is a part of uh, those creations. So happy birthday, Jim Norton, wherever you are. And happy birthday to this guy. I think everyone, you may not know the name, but you certainly recognize the voice 
and the face, if you are of a certain era. Matt Frewer is having a birthday, who we recognize again for Next Gen, for the episode of Matter of Time, where he played Berlinghoff Rasmussen. There's a name I'll <laughs> say it three or four times. Berlinghoff Rasmussen uh, in the Next Gen episode, Matter of Time. Matt Frewer, of course, uh, never to be forgotten as Max Headroom. <laughs> Uh, from the 80s and uh, numerous other 80s roles as well. So happy birthday, Matt Frewer. To Lower Decks, we mow to the episode where pleasant fountains lie. And uh, happy birthday to June Diane Raphael, who voiced Queen Paolana in that Lower Decks episode where pleasant fountains lie. And I just got to pay homage to this next guy because I'm a massive crazy fan and I didn't realize he was in Star Trek until I read this, because I've never seen this particular Enterprise episode, and I will now seek it out. Because in the Enterprise episode, Desert Crossing, there was a character named Zobral, turns out. And that actor who portrayed him was the legendary Clancy Brown. <laughs> the I am himself. a huge Clancy <laughs> Brown fan, okay? I mean, he does a ton of work these days, does a ton of voice work. I mean, when you look at uh, he's it's hilariously... He's on, like, Rick and Morty and, like, SpongeBob and stuff like that. But Clancy Brown's been rocking it hard for a long time. Very often plays villains. Uh, he came uh, into huge prominence in uh, the, the, the first uh, Highlander movie where he was the Kurgan, right? <laughs> there could be only one. You know, he was just absolutely great. Great big, you know, gravelly-voiced, intimidating dude, right? But super nice guy. But if you need a bad guy, like on the animated Justice League or the Superman series, right, he would play Lex Luthor, for example. He was on Lost. I mean, he's just done tons and tons and tons of stuff. Um, the Batman animated series, uh, absolutely uh, hardworking, tremendous actor. I mean, he's just in a ton of stuff. I mean, uh, but one of my favorites uh, forever that I think he's just hilarious in is... Uh, is Starship Troopers. <laughs> I don't know if there's a lot of Starship Troopers fans out here, but he mm. played Sergeant Jim, Star, uh, Sergeant Zim in that uh, legendary movie. You can't right? push the nuclear button if you can't use your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Put your hand on that wall, Trooper. The enemy yep. cannot press a button if you have disabled his hand. Medic! <laughs> Sergeant <laughs> That's Zim, him. Man. Uh, I love him. Uh, he's great, but absolutely a dynamic guy. He continues to get a ton of work all the time. Um, he was uh, did a lot of voice work on like Star Wars Rebels. Um, it's just too much to even. I mean, it's crazy. This is one of those actors who I don't think really believes in the concept of taking a days off, as far as I can tell. Um, he's just always working. He's just got tons and tons of stuff. Um, he even did voice work in the uh, that recent animated Tales of the Jedi. Uh, series on Disney Plus. He was in an episode of that as an Inquisitor. But wow. I mean, if you haven't seen a lot of the early uh, Clancy Brown stuff where he was, you know, more frequently a, a bad guy, go check it out. He's an absolute treasure, wonderful actor, Mr. Mr. Legendary, legendary Clancy Brown. Happy birthday to you, sir. And it's cool to learn that you were in a Star Trek episode that I've never seen and so I'll have to go watch it now. And finally for me, Actor Carl Tart is also having a birthday who voiced Lieutenant Kayshawn in the second and third seasons of Star Trek Lower Decks. And that's my 
End of the year, start of the year, birthday wrap-up. Happy birthday to all of you. Maybe you have countless many more. Passing it over to Jim. Well, um, you know, I've got a lot of Klingons here, and I'm really psyched about this. Uh, this is, I think this is the biggest Klingon list I've ever had, uh, which is awesome, because it's a great way to start out 2023 with Klingons galore. But first, we have to get through a couple of humans. Uh, so we want to say happy birthday to Maureen Flanagan, who portrayed Milka in the Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode Covenant, I believe. That sounds like a Bajoran, maybe? Uh, at any rate, uh, we also want to say happy birthday to Cliff Potts, who played Vice Admiral Kennelly in the TNG episode Ends in a Row. Well, Eric, good guy, bad guy, where, where does... Where does Vice Admiral Henley fall? Mm, I'm going to have to re- go back and rewatch that one. I can't remember off the top of my head, Jim, uh, but I'm putting it on the list. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. All right, guys, and i got to do something special because the rest of my birthdays are Klingons. God, you got to love those Klingon drinking songs, don't you? They're so awesome. All right, guys. So the rest of mine are all Klingons. So kapla. We want to say happy birthday to Bo Lauderman, who played Klingon High Council member in the TNG episode Redemption. I, I I looked and looked and looked and tried to find if they if they mentioned his name or if it was in a script somewhere, um, but I couldn't locate it. So he's just known as the Klingon High Council member. We also want to say kapla to Bob Minar, who played Borak on DS9's episode The Visionary. We want to say kapla to uh, Damon Runya. Okay, and this one's going to be, okay, this is a very untraditional Klingon name. Uh, he portrayed the Klingon leader, Yujili, uh, in the Discovery episodes, Battle of the Binary Stars, Lefe, Will You Take My Hand, and Point of Light, U-J-I-L-L-I, Yujili. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I don't. It's. I mean, all I can figure is that that uh, is like has some kind of significance somewhere outside of Star Trek because um, it definitely isn't a Klingon uh, name that you would think of, right? It doesn't have any apostrophes or like hard no, consonants or <laughs> anything like that. So he's one of those cool-looking Klingons that we see in the beginning. That's one of those houses um, that, that we see, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's got, like, some extra, like, little dots on his forehead and some extra, like, throat stuff going on for his, yeah. his like, biometric look, which I think is kind of cool. He's, yeah. He's a cool-looking anyway. Klingon. We also want to say kapla to Joe Schultz, who played the Klingon gunner in Star Trek, the motion picture. He sit, he's the one that's sitting at the little table that's spinning around when Mark Leonard says to fire the torpedoes. That was Joe <laughs> Schultz. Love it. Uh, and uh, last but not least, we want to say kapla to Peter Henry Schroeder, who played the first Klingon Chancellor. 
in Star Trek Enterprise episode Broken Bow. And again, I tried to find his name, and Memory Alpha doesn't have the name, just the first Klingon Chancellor. So um, those are my birthdays for 2023. Happy birthday to everybody. Are we ready to talk about some Prodigy guys? Yes. Yep. I, I think, oh, I think yeah. we're ready. This was, uh, this was a good one. So Supernova Part 2, Season 1, Episode 20. The Protostar crew determine that they can prevent the destruction of Starfleet by taking the ship into proto-warp and destroying it. Dun, 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 dun. And, of course, I have Kate Mulgrew's lesson of the episode. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Mulgrew, and I voice Catherine Janeway in Star Trek Prodigy. This week's lesson is that we are capable of achieving anything we set our minds to. If there's one thing that space travel teaches us about ourselves, it's that our achievements are only limited by our imagination. If we aim high, dream big, and stay confident, we can accomplish anything. I like the sound of that. Hologram Janeway has taught the crew of the Protostar many things, but quite possibly her most important lesson is the one she teaches in the season finale. Your potential is infinite. She knows they have big dreams of joining Starfleet. Go boldly. Exploring new life and civilizations. And of course, going boldly where no one has gone before. Janeway's words are for all of us. Believe in yourself and aim for the stars. All right, guys. Every week on our Facebook page, I ask you guys, the fans, to score this week's episode on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the best. And Eric, what did our Facebook fans have to say about Supernova Part 2? Well, Jim, honestly, they loved this episode. Max Antani gave it a 9 without a doubt. Nice ending with plot and characters well-defined. Dustin S. Wing said nine, solid ending to a solid show, and nice setup for next season. There's a clue in the episode as to what ship I think the Admiral and kids are going to be working with next season. Mm. Grace of Wales said nine of ten, pretty decent ending with possible interesting stories to come. Characters got established through first season properly. Thanks, Grace. Jennifer Green also gave this a nine. She had mixed feelings. One side of me was an emotional wreck. The other side of me was disappointed. And another part of me was gut-wrenched at the thought of what is to be for next season. Holy cow. What a show. Thanks, Jennifer. I love it. I love that reaction. Yamaled Israel gave us a little hello and said 10, definitely. David Kibler gave us a little hello, said 10, just remarkable heart tugging gut wrenching faith affirming lots of good lessons for kids great story for the kids and adults alike thanks dave paul shell also said 10 loved it oh yeah jackson gates said an absolute 10 heart and live long and prosper thanks jackson gail stoltz a nine with a smiley face and joshua cronin a 10 with not one, not two, but three exclamation points. So that, guys, gives us a fan score this week of 9.5, which, believe it or not, 
is not the highest Prodigy episode, but it is second highest, uh, second only to episode 13, the cliffhanger, All the World's a Stage, uh, which uh, both fans and us alike gave a 9.6, but uh, 9.5 is pretty darn solid. That's nothing to shake a stick at, that's for sure. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, was absolutely it was spectacular. Yeah. It was good. And uh, before we dive right in, it's time for some cadet training with Charles. Take it away, Charles. Well, this one wasn't come up with. <clears throat> and then I started as I watched my second running last night as I actually went through episodes 19 and 20 together. Good episode with them put together. And I started to catch one line in there. It's like, oh, man, is that such a reference to Star Trek? Oh, but I'm a miracle worker, says our, says our engineer. It's like, oh, but we've had references to a miracle worker. Let's go back to TOS, The Doomsday Machine, Season 2, Episode 6, Star Trek 3, Star Trek 4, The Next Generation Relics, Season 6, Episode 4. We learn how much of a miracle worker Scotty is. And I think Jacob Pog, that was exactly where his reference was coming from. What's Scotty? Let's also look at kind of when they crash land. That still reminds me of Star Trek IV. We get to see Starfleet. We get to see the Golden Gate Bridge. And we get to see San Francisco Bay. And then as we think about kind of the beginnings of Starfleet, the early Starfleet, and kind of let's look at, let's go to Enterprise, all the way back to season one, episode one and two with Broken Bow, as we start the formation of Starfleet, as they're kind of working their way to discover the stars. As this episode, we're realizing we're going to a new discovery. We're using a wormhole not to pass through to a different quadrant, but using a wormhole to travel through time. New explorations, new things to learn about. I think they're going to have a lot of good discoveries going into doing that. So, how about we talk about this episode? Oh, God, yes, absolutely. And uh, let's let's get a little let's get a little bit of a backstory here from Vice Admiral Janeway herself. Vice Admiral's log, Stardate six one four zero eight point eight. A new day dawns. It's been hardly a week in San Francisco, and the young crew of the Protostar have already settled into a bold which, new which era of possibilities. Their heroism in the face of astonishing odds has moved even the sternest admirals at Starfleet Command. Though they could not enroll in the academy, I have faith that time spent training in a non-commissioned role will serve them well, especially if they still hope to apply one day. 
The exception made for Dahl has widened the rights of augments left ambiguous by Bashir versus Starfleet Medical. Times are changing, it seems, especially as we open our minds to the young and the new perspectives they bring. But the case of Chakotay remains unanswered. The rift created by the protostar's detonation and the alternate future awaiting us on the other side have been classified by Starfleet under the Temporal Prime Directive. But that doesn't mean I've given up. We will find you, Chakotay, somehow. All right, Paul, you want to get us started? Oh, man, I would be happy to. Um, I just thought this was a, a preposterous home run. Uh, you know, I really, really, really did. It's just, I, I would put this, uh, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of times people are like, oh, it's a kid show, da 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 da, da you know, but, but you know, I got to give it to the Hagemans and everybody on the, uh, the writing team of this show. I would put this season finale on a par with any of the Star Trek season finales from any other arms of the franchise that I've seen. Just, I think the, the thing, the rubric for me that I'm holding it on is how I felt. I felt it was very moving. Um, there was a lot of emotion in here, and all of the work that's been uh, spent over the season making you care about these characters, it just really came home, and you really cared about them. There was, uh, there was heartbreak. There was sadness, um, but real life-affirming joy as well. I mean, when the uh, – you know, I don't want to get into the whole recap because I'm assuming people have heard it at this point. Right. But it, it just did such a great job of focusing on character arcs. Right. Last in part one of Supernova, we had a lot of action and space battles and a lot of moving parts. Right. And this one was a lot more about character exploration. Right. And less of that uh, exciting, you know, space action stuff and more of these intimate moments. Right. With the whole thing. Uh, I mean, the moment when hologram Jane Way realizes she doesn't have enough room on that isolinear chip to save herself i mean i gasped i mean i really really did i mean i literally gasped and and just when and then she puts i mean she basically puts up a front she you know kind of lies to spare their feelings to to the main characters right and it's gonna be okay hey i'll see you in a few minutes right and then there's that one shot where you just are looking at her from their perspective and the doors close right and it's just it is it's a hell of a moment I mean, it really, really is. I was, I just couldn't believe it. So, I mean, there's a lot of sadness in here. Um, uh, yeah, Paul. There. Paul, to me, that that particular moment was like, I mean, Jane, hologram Janeway has presented as kind of a a parental figure, you know, in a lot of ways throughout the whole show. And to me, that was the ultimate um, expression of what a parent is willing to do, sacrifice themselves to keep keep those kids on track and make sure that they don't... To spare them. Yeah, to spare them, right? Like, that was just, ugh. Ugh. But that shot was just, like, heartbreaking. I mean, it was heartbreaking. Um, I I had the same kind of emotional... I mean, there's a lot of... This is a real lesson i think in the power of a silent moment in terms of the way the show was directed um the way they played it when uh we find out that gwen ain't going with everyone else and she's got another path mm-hmm. she has to follow right they played that really quiet and it was heartbreaking it was you're like and there's so much sadness you're like oh my god what do i i mean you know I'm, i mean how can i recover from this i mean it's because there's all this sadness but then you know things are okay Things get, you know, it's like you, through the collective 
strength of everybody and the compassion of Vice Admiral Janeway, right? Coming, somehow coming back to Starfleet Academy, well, it feels like, okay, I got to pay the piper. It always has a little bit of a oomph to it, right? You're kind of afraid you're going to get a dressing down when you go back to Starfleet or something, you know, serious is going to happen. But, but there's something redemptive about it, too. And, and there was so much of that built into this episode, right? It's like, uh, it was just amazing uh, to me, the way they tied all those threads together in such a short amount of time whenever everyone came in there, right? Whenever at the end where you find out that Janeway has been fighting for them and that everyone's going to get to go to start Starfleet Academy, you know, with the exception of, uh, of Gwen, because she has a different path and that's dictated by time travel, right? Though I'm sure I feel it in my bones. We'll be seeing her again at some point. I, I, I guarantee that at some point we'll see that. I would be stunned if we didn't because we're really getting a nice little relationship uh, blossoming between her and Dow, right? And, uh, and it's just really, really great. Um, a huge amount of the credit for this has to go to the work of uh, Kate Mulgrew, um, doing, playing these two characters. And just, she is just such a strong heart of the show. And it's, uh, we talk about how this show is kind of the, the Voyager sequel we never knew we needed. And it is wonderful in that sense. It's just so so great um uh they wrote this episode so that there would both you have tragedy but you would all have equal measure of hope and there would be a strong strong appeal for inclusivity i'm going to talk about that a little bit later we start doing one of our news segments but the whole idea of uh genetically engineered people or augments and where their place is in the world and being able to basically get over those prejudices and expand what's possible for them and include them. That's a super, super strong theme here. And it seems like it's being explored in other parts of the, of the franchise as well. But um, there was no manipulation here. This is just beautiful craft, great writing, um, organic, earned, emotional storytelling. Uh, that I just and and so many great grace notes pointing towards where the second season could go. Uh, the 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 suit that uh, we saw that they had put zero in, right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It awesome. <laughs> it was so cool, and there's just like so many neat little moments like that, yeah, and neat moments for Rock. Hey, have you ever thought about being an exobiologist? I mean, these lovely little moments, right? There's just so beautifully put together. And the last thing I will say is we talked a little bit about um, uh, potentially um, at some point on this show, maybe if we're lucky, fingers crossed, getting composer uh, Nami Melamud on this show, right? God, I hope this happens because I've been enjoying the music on this show a lot. But I, I, I recommend to folks, if you can, watch this episode and just sort of, you know, try to focus more on her music and less on the dialogue once I've watched this a couple of times and plan on watching it again. Her music in this episode is absolutely peerless. It is, it is, it, it just does such a great job of extracting emotion out of you that matches what's happening in the scene without hammering it home in some obvious or like telegraphing way. It's absolute, absolute poetry and, and so well done. Uh, so uh, I was just and beyond you know what? thrilled gonna... with this and, is Say again, she, she, you know what I like about it is the same thing that I've, I've said about uh, like Discovery and Strange Worlds and Picard is that she knows when to drop that classic uh, P 
piece of music that is going to evoke the emotion that she's seeking, uh-huh. but not to go not to go overboard with it. No, you she know? can show restraint when it's necessary, and she understands. You know, you she sees the value in letting the silence and the quiet carry things. Right? It's just like she really does, and it's, she's a perfect uh-huh. partner for this kind of yeah. writing. So uh, I just thought it was a tremendous home run. Um, the only bummer for me is just like you know, it's like I, it's almost tangibly painful to wait for more, you know, for when the second season actually starts because this was absolutely spectacular work from everybody. Uh, I didn't expect it to so, be so emotional, and, uh, and, and so it was great. So, a rating scale of one to ten, any Spinal Tap fans out there? Mm-hmm. Because this one, friends, <laughs> this goes to eleven. Yes. And uh, I will fight to keep that. This is my rating for this episode. This is 11 because I feel like this embodies absolutely everything that we are always feeling we need that's often missing from Star Trek is that spirit and that heart and that emotion and that character involvement. And this was all put together in like 24 minutes. I, I just can't believe it. But it was just absolutely splendid. It also made part one better. Right, part one in and of mm-hmm. itself. Now that you go back and see this and watch part one again and look at them as a whole, it fits together perfectly. And part one feels better to me now that I've seen this whole thing and seen where everything's going. But it's absolutely a home run. Uh, massive kudos to everyone on the show um, involved. Um, this was absolute Star Trek at its very best. Eleven. And we are going to be talking with Aaron Walkey on the 26th. And we're going yes. to go back and we're going to talk about the entire season from the good to the bad on the 26th. So mark your calendar. You don't want to miss that. So, David. Not much bad, that's for sure, man. It's pretty, pretty amazing achievement. I mean, it's just delightful. Yep. What do you think, David? How many, what would you give a scale of 1 to 10? What would you think? Oh, man. Um, I was a little disappointed with this. Just kidding. Okay, so here's my take on the whole thing. The idea that Janeway couldn't bring herself with was a little off for me for some reason because, I mean, couldn't she just download herself into multiple linear, ice linear chips? I mean, it's, the holograms could, shouldn't be that difficult to put together, kind of like what well, they did but, in Voyager. Well, here's what I'll say is that the remember that the doctor's mobile emitter from Voyager was 29th century technology. So they yeah, actually, but didn't they bring that with? Um, what I'm saying is that it was it was considered non-replicatable in the 24th century, and I think that that's true here. Oh, well, I'm not just talking about the mobile emitter, though. I'm talking about just right. transferring data one to another. I mean, any kind of Shoot. data that you're programming. Her program was probably too big, just too big to fit on just isolinear chips. Yeah, and I mean, that's a lot of what they were saying, right, is that she says, she goes, and, and it's kind of, she's saying it as like a metaphor, right, for the character. She goes, I've grown, and not just yeah. as a, as a in terms ways. of the size of my data, but in terms yeah. of me as a being, right? And the whole idea of, you know, it's like when we have Moriarty, right? It's like the whole idea of a artificially intelligent being having its own sentience and its own Well, and that was the soul, connection right? directly I mean, to Voyager. That was a connection directly to Voyager because the doctor gives exactly the same speech and he describes <clears throat> why he can't simply be downloaded and sent to other places because he's his like he's he takes up too much space, right? He'd, like an isolinear chip, you, you can't fit it on that. So 
couldn't in the mo I guess David, what you're saying is like, okay, so there are ways these days that we have of taking a large file and sort of splitting it up into pieces and saving it on multiple disks, so to speak. <laughs> so could we have done the yeah. same thing here? Yeah. Yeah, maybe we could have done the same thing. I guess, you know, a single isolinear chip is what she was looking for. Time was tight. Maybe that's the explanation for that. But it's, I think it's I think what what Paul's saying is that, OK, yeah, maybe there's some of that. But isn't it really what's behind that that was important about the story? Right. Yeah, like, I'm totally willing to I, To me. I'm always going to let the, the deft handling of the drama and the character and the writing can have overrule front seat of the car over technical right. nonsense, right? It's yeah. just like it's like to me, it's like I'm totally willing to accept any any overwriting of like technical stuff in the the quest of of the drama, right? Of of the greatness, good of like, character writing. Have that moment of her of having an artificially intelligent being have a moment of heartbreak, right? Of realizing I'm mortal. I mean, that's powerful stuff, and to have her her awareness of that carry over to the reactions of the the other characters when they realize she's not there. When they play the thing and they realize it's a recording and the music's playing in their faces, it's just like... Rock it's, Talk's it's face. It's like, oh, oh, God. It's just, it's just I, like, I, I you know... I get the whole drama and the So much grief. It's just, like it's that. powerful. But yeah. It's just, yeah. I don't know, it's just a little... I, I understand the time frame and everything, but it, then again, I mean... To you, it felt like a like contrivance, right? You didn't, you didn't buy the contrivance of it. It seemed like it was... Yeah, know, pretty much. It and could have been explained away. the idea away. that when uh, Dal said that we leave in five, it looks like that, uh, whatever, the uh, the manufacturing of the shuttle pod, <laughs> looks like it was way uncompleted to be able to take off in five minutes or whatever. So, I don't know, just, just, to me, I'm looking at it in the standpoint of reality where it's like, okay, yeah, I know we don't have the technology, but sure, the idea that the uh, the looks of how things were on that episode was like, okay, yeah. the time they they got they got this whole situation where like, okay, we only got one choice, let's let's bedazzle or whatever and get out of here. And so the idea Janeway couldn't go with, I was a little sad. Yeah, okay, fine, emotion, but. The idea of the whole episode, it was pretty good. I liked the ending. I can't wait for the next season. Although I do have one question for y'all is, what is the next ship that they're going to be taking in season two? Oh, and you know, I got to say too, one thing you just made me think of that I'd forgotten, uh, David, is you bring up a great point because, you know, I'm totally like suspending disbelief, right? Because I've been like seduced by the drama and stuff like that. But now I'm remembering, right? Am I not remembering this correctly, friends, that uh, when they're in that shuttle pod that does have no seats, right? <laughs> no seats in there because they can replicate at the time. Had they not been in that pod for a month before they show up at Starfleet Academy? Probably. Something like that. I'm pretty yeah. sure there was, a, there was a title card that said a month later, right? Or it was a, I'm, I'm almost positive there was. So you're telling me that these folks have been in that thing, and I'm, okay, maybe there's a replicator, and maybe they were able to make that so they can eat. Right, but I would think when you open the hatch on the shuttle pod, it's pretty ripe, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, for a month, <laughs> all of, all five of them together. I mean, I don't know what kind of zero emissions has got going on, but Rock Talk, oh, I don't want to go near that. I mean, you know, it's just like wow. I mean, there's just like a month in a shuttle pod with anybody. I mean, wow. So, but we don't just kind of overlook that, right? But uh, but they didn't just come right down like a month had passed. I mean, did anyone else have a question about that? So. Well, I, don't I, I gotta say, months, but 
David, that if you watched the ready room and if you paid attention to the rescue shuttle that came down the San Francisco Bay and rescued them, then you already know what ship they're going to have next season because they told you. Oh, well, I don't. I missed that entirely. I didn't watch the ready room. What is it? It's going to be the USS Voyager A. Voyager A. The Voyager. Remember on Discovery, we see Voyager J in Discovery, so we know that Voyager continues on. And the shuttlecraft that rescues them was the shuttlecraft from the from the Voyager A. And Janeway, or not Janeway, Mulgrew says on the ready room that there's only one ship for her. And it'll always be the Voyager. And that's the only uh, Okay, so like Enterprise A, B, C, D, E, Voyager A, B, C, D, E. Yeah, we're going okay. to see Voyager A oh, for, okay. for next season. Okay, so I can get on board yeah. with that. That's great. There you have it. So, so, uh, so David, so what's, David your, what's your grade, David? What would you give one it? One to ten, David. Well, I'm going to go with a 9.5 just because of all the different uh, things that happened that could have possibly gone a little different, but yeah. Nine point five. Super right, high well, though. That's a really high forget, grade, man. Good. That's so respectable. Yeah, before I forget, I did have one more thing that I wanted to mention. That I was a little <laughs> disappointed that they didn't bring in the story of the hobo star exploding. So, yeah, my theory went down the drain. <laughs> right down the drain. All right. Well, well, what about you, Charles? What do you think? What, what's your uh, score? One to ten. A couple of scenes. I love how they work together to get the ship trap set up for travel. <coughs> and of course, Jacob Pog's line, I'm a mirror. I'm, uh, it, it would take days to do this, but I'm a miracle worker and we'll get it done in no time. Great homage to Scotty. There was one scene, I can't remember exactly where they were on Starfleet. I think it was just before they kind of did the snapshot of what happened to the crew after they got to Starfleet and were allowed into being warrant officers. But there was one spot in the song, and all of a sudden you hear those horns, and you get those Star Trek horns in there. It's like, oh, that one spot right there just made you feel so good. And for our five crew members, our four crew members especially, what do you think of those those uh, cadet uniforms? Mm-hmm. Three sh- the black and two shades of gray. Mm-hmm. I thought those were kind of nice looking uniforms. Mm-hmm. I like. And what do they call patterns. them again? They they weren't going to be cadets, right? They were going to be uh, War- warrant. warrant officers. Warrant, warrant officers, warrant. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay that's Pre-cadet. right. They, they have like a special designation, right? Very, Basically very cool. Basically, pre-cadet level. Yeah, but was, I, I thought that was lovely. Was, they have, they're, they're acknowledged for being different, right? And accepted right. because of that. I thought that was really great. But they can be official crew members and part of Starfleet when they go into season two. Uh, I actually sat and watched part, uh, as Paul said, oh, this makes part one better. Well, last Thursday, I watched part two. 
Last night I said, I got to do this like Uncle Jim did on an episode a few co- uh, a couple years ago. I'm going to sit and watch episode one, episode, episode one and two together. Mm. And that episode just flowed and was just, ah, how much that episode really just made you feel. Because you, you felt even more better about what was going on in one because you knew what happened in two. Ah, uh, I kind of almost wish they hadn't split them up, man. Like if they'd just done like the the last episode is like a longer running time of an hour, right? And just done it as like a special event thing and just did it as a mm. single episode. It would have played beautifully, I think. They it could have made play. Would've... I'm going to top David by just a little bit. Now I'm going to go with a 9.6. Probably one of my highest rated episodes. Wow. It's still still respectable. Still respectable. Yeah. How about you, Eric? Uh, While wow, you guys have said so much good stuff about this episode, I'll just address, like I agree with pretty much everything that's been said. I'll just say um, special moments for me regarding the music. Uh, that scene where the shuttle is falling out of the protostar before they blow it up. And when it's it's like that classic moment when everybody is scared, all the kids are huddling together in the shuttle, and it's just the music playing in the background, yeah. uh, and the rest of the sound is pretty silent. Like to me, that was that was just like a it was a little tropey in that I've seen that in other movies before, but I think in this context, it was so emotional because it's kids, man, it's kids on a shuttle that they made in five minutes. It's like. I don't know. I was really special. Yeah, and all the things that they've held on to for, uh, you know, their all their anchors are gone, right? Yeah, all the things totally. that they had. And that's what their, it looks their, like, right? Their, yeah, yeah, yeah. All their support parental trust totally. devices are like thrown to the cosmos. They're and alone, want, and they can only and, depend on each other. And if you want to go uh, artistic with that, like there's parody in the way that they represent that, right? Because the shuttle falls out of the ship. It is not launched. It is. It falls out, and it is yeah. adrift. Um, and that's just like, you feel it for these kids at that moment. So I love that. And I love the connection of the music there. I just also wanted to say regarding the music that I hope you all have listened to the credits many, many times for Prodigy, because for me, the credit music is even better because it's the one that references the Voyager music. There's definitely a Voyager flavor to the credits music. Um, during Prodigy. So for any listeners who maybe skip the credits or, or, you know, hit that back button or the home button on their remote, just listen to those credits and think about Voyager uh, and you'll get that kind of special feeling again. Um, somebody already mentioned Rock Talk becoming a potential xenobiologist. I loved that little connection. Mm-hmm. Where like, Whoa, that sounds really cool. Let's try that out. And then I'll just close my statement by saying um, that I don't think that the discussion of augments is over yet. So I love that Starfleet has accepted. I love the Janeway kind of like classic Star Trek speech that talks to us about why we shouldn't discriminate against augments and that kind of stuff. I will remind everybody that Janeway's point of view is based entirely on an outlook of trust. She, she trusts that Dal is not going to do anything weird or, you know, use his powers for evil, so to speak. I think we trust the same thing uh, of Una in Strange New Worlds. You know, she's she's an Augment. She's an Illyrian. Um, we trust that she's not going to use her powers for evil. Um, 
other augments have used their powers for evil. Hello, Kanunian Singh. So, you know, the the Starfleet ban on augments was based on some really bad things that went down in the past, which is a perspective of fear. And I think that we're seeing us moving beyond a perspective of fear here into a perspective of trust. But a perspective of trust must also be then backed up by what happens when the shit hits the fan, so to speak. So I, I'm really interested in this idea of Dal being an augment, and I hope that they continue that exploration of that part of his story in season two, personally. So, yeah, oh, uh, thanks for is... setting me up so well, man. That's going to be <laughs> more to say about that in the, when we get to the news, because, wow, it's like you're, you're, you're oh, cool. very savy. You're a very savvy guy. Oh, no. Well, uh, uh, I can't. I can't deny that this episode is a ten for me. So, Jim, oh, how about you? What do you think? I, Excellent. I, I, I can't really add anything that you guys have not already said. I, I do want to say that I really love the music. Like, like Paul said, uh, the music cues were were right on. They were perfect, and they evoked the emotion when they needed to. So, kudos. And I do want to mention one thing that I that I thought was really cool is when they were at Starfleet and Admiral Janeway was making the plea for the Protostar crew that we actually had the, 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 the big four representatives of Starfleet all in the same place. We had an yeah. Andorian, we had a Tellarite, we had a Vulcan, and we had a human all sitting up on the panel, which I thought was a really nice touch. If um, for Star Trek fans, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna give this one a 9.5 as well. So um, yeah, I can't say any more because we got we still got some more stuff to talk about. So uh, overall, what does that give us for a score, Charles? For for our host score versus our fan score, we get a score of 9.92. <laughs> Wow. That's like Thank wow. you, Eleven. Thank you, Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> well excellent. Um, that's and and we do have a caller on the line, guys. And uh, we're gonna see if I can get this uh to work here. Maybe. There we go. I hope it's good Trek talking. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Hey Jim, it's Ryan. Long time no see. It's Ryan. Ryan, hey, what's Ryan. up, buddy? Uh, Mark, how are you guys doing? Uh, we, we're wow. talking. <laughs> been a long time, brother. Yeah. Nice to hear from you. Been a real yeah, long it's, time. It, it, it's been a year, i got to tell you. Awesome. Has it been crazy? Been, so, yeah, it's, let's see, I've had two foot surgeries. I've lost a father-in-law. I had to put a dog down. I've, you know, just like, just one thing after another. Wow. But Sorry to hear that. No, thanks. Yeah, but, you know, it's good. I've had Star Trek to keep me uh, my mind off all that. So, you know, that's a good thing. And and what would you give this <laughs> episode of Prodigy on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I, I would say a solid 9. I mean, the series itself is a 10. I mean, they did a lot with it. I mean, it did take a little while, but they did a lot. But I would say with, with this two-parter, yeah, it's definitely a 9. I mean, it's it's got the story. It's got the, you know, the way to keep it going. I mean, it was fun to watch. Absolutely, I, I agree completely. And and twenty episodes too, by the way. All the other shows are only ten, but Prodigy gets mm-hmm. twenty, so that's going to give it a little bit more time to expand than the other shows might get a chance to. 
So mm, but that's cool. Well, that's because it's, it's it actually, if I remember correctly, I think I saw a commercial that Prodigy is now airing on Nickelodeon. So um, yes. Yes. Well, yeah, it's always it's, had that association, uh, I think, with Nickelodeon, uh, and I think it's been airing. Hasn't it been airing on Nickelodeon the whole time, or was that a different show? Mm-hmm. I, I think they always use it in their promotional stuff, right? I it's always a, you see the Nickelodeon blimp is there in the yeah. opening credits. So I think they have like a, a hybrid distribution relationship. Yeah, but that's I don't. What it is. I don't have. I haven't had cable well, in years, so I don't even know. I, I mean, I don't even know how they do it. it was, I think that uh, Paramount Plus gets it, gets the premiere of it, and when Paramount Plus is done showing it, so that all of us Trekkies watch it first there. Then they move it over to Nickelodeon where they'll play it around the clock. And I think that's, I think that's where it is now. I think you can watch all of Prodigy now on Nickelodeon without subscribing to Paramount Plus, I think. I might be wrong. I know it, looks it sure like looks like 10. it. It looks like you can I, from, the, from what I'm seeing on their site. I, at least the first 10 episodes are out there. I'm not sure about the last 10 yet. But I know Nickelodeon yeah. did finally get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on Nickelodeon now. <clears throat> All right, guys. Well, are, are we ready for some convention calendar? Yeah. Okay, here. Yeah, our convention calendar starts out this week in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon. That's right. Uh, coming up here in February, February 17th through the 19th, you can hit the Oregon Convention Center and enjoy Fan Expo Portland. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, lots of good stuff going on there. So come to the town where three-fifths of the crew lives <laughs> and hang out with us at the Oregon Convention Center. <laughs> Uh, we're also tracking this week Gallifrey One. I wonder what kind of convention that is, Charles. February seventeenth <laughs> yeah. through the nineteenth at the Los Angeles Airport Marriott, Los Angeles, California. I will tell you well, that. Well, breaking I have... news! Breaking news, Eric! Breaking news! Yeah. Do you know who's at Fan Expo Portland? I do not know. How about Anson Mount? <gasps> what? How about William Shatner? <laughs> How about Ethan Peck? How about, how about Jonathan Frakes? What? Okay, they are how about, all. How about Brent Spiner? They're Wait, all going to be yet? there. They're all going to be there. We got our tickets right now because I'm telling you. <laughs> Wait, I'm ordering this them is right like now. Uh, this is like Trek over. overload. <laughs> this is uh, Sam Raimi's going to be there. Michael what? J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd's going to be there. Anthony Daniels is going to be there. Oh my god, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, this is like it's turned into a who's who, dude. This is out of control. Wow. Sorry, wow. I hate to interrupt. My apologies, but it's no. like it's out. Well, Anthony Mount, happened- and he's bringing everybody. When it's happening in your hometown, it's hard not to get impossibly excited about it, right? So, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. like everybody. It's like half the cast of Strange New World is there. Man. Well, Katie Sackoff is there. Uh, what? Ron Perlman. Yeah, Katie Sackoff. She's a, she's a local girl. She's, she's a local, here, yeah, so. yeah. But it's just like, it's out of control, dude. It's out cool. of control. All cool. right. Well, Sorry. Uh, I'm coming up now. The, come to the upper left of the country <laughs> if you want to check out Star Trek. Go to the bottom left of the country that same weekend if you are Hoovian and want to go to L.A. and check out that that stuff, too. Um, I'm also tracking Mad Monster Party Carolina that same weekend at the Embassy Suites by Hilton, Charlotte Concord, Gulf Resort, and Spa 
in beautiful Concord, North Carolina. Paul, I know you've got some more for us. I, I really need to work on my impulse control. I'm so sorry. I just got super excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we love about you is your energy, brother. I was like, oh, my God, look who's ah! everybody. It's like, it's like somebody took the whole pop culture bucket and shook it, and they all fell out. I'm like, wow, that's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's because of our microbrew culture. That's what it's all about, right? So that's what they're all about. So true. And, you know, the many holistic spas. So here's what I've got. It's mid-February for context. And first of all, we're going to go to San Diego, California, to the Scottish Rite Event Center, okay? And February 18th to 19th, it's going to be San Diego Rocket Con 2023. That just sounds all-encompassing, all-inclusive for pretty much your whole gamut of various sci-fi type needs. San Diego Rocket Con is where you want to be. If you uh, have faith that uh, somehow the great state of Michigan will somehow thaw out by late February. I think it's, it's still on the fence here, depending. That's one cold, damn state right now. But you can go to the Great Lakes Comic Convention, February 24th to 25th at the Macomb Community College Sports and Expo Center in Warren, Michigan. But what am I saying? You know, Michigan, they know how to handle cold, right? They really do. Nothing shuts down. They just keep on rocking. They just keep on doing it. They just keep on booking their celebrity guests, and they have a fantastic Comic-Con. So Great Lakes Comic Convention 2023. If you're out there in Warren, head on over to the Community College Sports and Expo Center, and who knows you're going to rub elbows with. It could be amazing. So go check it out. You know, maybe spring will come early. And now the name of this next con will probably tell you a little clue as to where it's being taken, taken place. Pensacon 2023. Pensacon. Hmm, could that be in Pensacola, Florida, by chance? Yes, it could. In fact, it's at the Pensacola Bay Center, February 24th through 26th. It's Pensacon, where all kinds of crazy sci-fi, animation, comic, celebrity, uh, movie star, science fiction, TV stuff is all colliding together in a wonderful delirium of uh, Pensacola wonderfulness. So get thee to Pensacon. 2023. David, where are you going to be in late February? I think I am going to be going to Alaska Comic Con over in Carson Center, Fairbanks, uh, Arkansas. Or is that Alaska? Alaska, sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, that's going to take place on February 25th to the 26th, 2023. Uh, next one is Collecticon Orlando, going from February 25th to the 26th at Orange County Convention Center, Orlando, Florida. Last on my list is Heroes, Villains, and Blurds, uh, 2023 for one day only at February on February 26th. At Winter Park Community Center, Winter Park, Florida. Charles, what's on your list? Okay, well, let's go all the way to March. Let's start with PeorCon. March 4th and 5th at the Exposition Gardens, Peoria, Illinois. Nerdgross, March 10th through 12th. At the Atlanta Marriott Northeast Emerald Area. That's a great name. <laughs> Atlanta, Georgia. I'm surprised that's not a little farther south. And the Good Crawling Chaos Con. March 11th. The Plain Ridge Park Casino in Plain Ridge, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. 
Okay, computer, news. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission. Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program. Level nine authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. Okay, Eric, you're going to get us started this week with our first story. Yeah, our first story this week, Jim, is a new remembrance, unfortunately. Uh, rest in peace, Judy Levitt Koenig. Uh, we, report to, we regret to report the loss of actress Judy Levitt, who in private life was Mrs. Walter Koenig. She passed away on December 9, 2022, at the age of 83 years old. The death was reported on the 15th by her daughter, Danielle. Judith Levitt was born April 24, 1939, in Manchester, New Hampshire, in the United States. She married actor Walter Koenig, who, of course, played Pavel A. Chekhov in Star Trek, uh, July 11, 1965. They had two children, Danielle and Andrew. Andrew predeceased her uh, in 2010. Judy Levitt appeared in Star Trek for The Voyage Home, also Star Trek The Undiscovered Country, and Star Trek Gener- Generations. She was cast in various sci-fi projects, co-starring as Judge DeVille in Inalienable from 2007, a movie her husband wrote. She also appeared in an episode of Babylon 5 with her husband, played a psychop, and he played Bester, the evil head of the psychops. She appeared in Moontrap in 1988 with her husband. She also played the intrepid commander, and he starred as Colonel Jason Grant in that She appeared in Scream of the Bikini in 2009 as Mrs. Chesterfield. Levitt played Eleanor in Seance 2014, appeared in Blue Dream 2020. uh, This is 2023. Is that a new movie coming out with her husband? Uh, Not sure about that. She had guest roles in Mission Impossible, Profiler, and Criminal Minds. And uh, her movies included Maniac Cop, The Holy Man, Seance, her final role was as Dolores in Savage Midlife, which is currently in post-production, will be coming out this year. Savage Midlife also features Walter Koenig. Judy Levitt was married to Walter Koenig for 56 years. They would have celebrated their 57th anniversary this coming summer. They had two children, uh, as we said, Danielle and Andrew, who both followed them into acting. So unfortunate loss uh, of somebody who obviously was an anchor for uh, for Walter, uh, Judy Levitt, uh, unfortunately lost just last month. Uh, Paul, why don't you take us into some happier news now? I'd be happy to, brother, happy to. Okay, let me gather you all together, those of you who are Strange New Worlds fans, of which there are many, because this is an exciting time, and I'm holding in my hot little hands what we were about to talk about, If you are ready, you can pick up after the season one finale of Star Trek Strange New Worlds in a brand new comic, The Illyrian Enigma, issue number one. IDW Publishers kicks off their first tie-in ever to the Paramount Plus series Star Trek Strange New Worlds. This is issue number one, titled The Illyrian Enigma. This new four-issue miniseries is set after the events of the season one finale and before the upcoming second season. The new miniseries is being written by Strange New World's co-executive producer, Kristen Beyer, 
We see her name on a lot of stuff. Very prolific writer. Teaming up again with Trek Comics veteran Mike Johnson. Uh, Picard, Stargazer, Discovery Adventures in the 32nd Century, Light of Kalos. Lots and lots of uh, writing commingling there. The two of them teaming up before. Uh, Art for this new series is being done by Megan Levins, who's done uh, Star Trek The Mirror War Troy and Buffy the Vampire Slayer as well. Let me give you a short synopsis. Journey to the new reaches of this exclusive comic tie-in set between seasons one and two of fan-favorite Paramount Plus series Strange New World. With Una accused of unlawful genetic modification by Starfleet, Captain Pike sets out in search of evidence that could prove her innocence. Star Trek Strange New World's The Illyrian Enigma Number 1 debuted on December 21st. You can order it and uh, pre-order individual copies or subscribe to the whole series at uh, your local comic book shop, or online resources like Things from Another World, or pick up individual digital editions if you're a non-physical copy person at uh, Digital Editions at Amazon, Comixology. Whatever you do, I always like to recommend that you patronize and support your local comic book shops because they are a dying breed. There was so much good content being produced these days for Star Trek, thanks to IDW. Uh, your local comic shops deserve your support. But let me tell you a little bit about this issue without getting into deep, deep details, because we're going to be talking about it at some point, I'm sure. But I want to recommend this issue strongly, okay? It is a terrific issue. Um, kudos to Kristen Byer and Mike Johnson for your writing on this issue here. Um, it's really great. It feels exactly like a Strange New Worlds episode. It is eerily feels like what you would expect the next episode to be like after the finale. I mean, I, I don't know where they're going to go in these four issues or how that's going to jump ahead of what we're going to see when this show premieres again in the late spring or early summer, but it's great, really interesting. Um, a huge chunk of thematic content is going to dovetail nicely with what we've just been talking about with doll status of being accepted into Starfleet because the whole idea of if you are fascinated with this idea of augments and genetically engineered folks being prejudiced against in terms of a storytelling device, in terms of it being a metaphor for other types of exclusionary policies, they really go into this in this first issue and it's clearly heading in that same direction for where we're going here. And it's clearly a thematic cousin to what's going on with Dahl. And we see that future awareness there thanks to uh, Janeway being willing to, you know, help carve a place for Dahl and, you know, break up those old norms and uh, old, you know, prejudices. But you clearly see there's a lot going on here in this new issue here. For me, this, uh, I mean, there's a lot going on with IDW, the new Star Trek series that they have that uh, prominently features Cisco, and now this series. These are two top-notch series happening simultaneously at the same time. How's that for redundancy? <laughs> simultaneously at the same time. But they're really, really great. Um, highly recommend the Illyrian Enigma number one. It's a great comic, and if you're a fan of Strange New Worlds, I frankly don't see how you can afford to miss it. Um, good stuff. And uh, let's pass that digital microphone over to Uncle Jim. Well, it's time for some Star Trek Picard Season 3 news. New Star Trek Picard Season 3 clip shows Jean-Luc receiving a secret message. Ever since it was announced that the final season of Star Trek Picard would feature the return of a full ensemble cast of The Next Generation, fans have been eagerly anticipating the show's premiere. 
Now in the latest episode of The Ready Room with Will Wheaton, Paramount has released a new clip from Season 3. The scene picks up with Jean-Luc Picard sitting in his office at Chateau Picard, penning a letter to an old friend. As he writes, Picard suddenly hears the chirp of what many fans will recognize as a TNG-era communicator, and here we have it. Computer, do you hear that alert? Yes. Where is it? Unable to determine location. Thanks for your help. Communicator badge belonging to Jean-Luc Picard, Captain, USS Enterprise, Stardate 4115... Yes, yes, but what could it possibly be receiving? Detecting encrypted long-range transmission via a subspace frequency. It contains an uncommon codec. Codec? A codec is a program that compresses data... Yes, yes, I know what a codec is, but tell me about this one. It requires a passcode. Why would... Anyone send a coded message to a more than 20-year-old Enterprise D communicator? Unknown. Dun, 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 dun. There you go. And uh, one more thing. We have a clip of the USS Titan theme from Star Trek Picard Season 3. One of the changes for Season 3 of Star Trek Picard will be with the music with a new composer. Showrunner Terry Metalis brought in Stefan Barton to help create a score to match his vision for the season. And they have a holiday treat, sharing a bit of the new original music from the score. One of the reasons Barton was brought in for season three was to bring some of the classic Trek movie themes into the show to match the cinematic style Metalis wanted to evoke. This includes him recreating some of the classic musical moments from composers like Jerry Goldsmith and James Horner. And here it is, a brief clip of the Titan A theme from Star Trek Picard, Season 3. I gotta say uh, that that definitely evokes Star Trek Two, Star Trek Three. It's got that James Horner vibe to it. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Charles, you've got our last story, and it's also related to Star Trek: Picard. Okay, 
Denise Crosby teases Tasha Yar's return in her trick for cards. Star Trek The Next Generation introduces Trekkies to two fan-favorite chiefs of security, War Son of Mog, portrayed by Michael Dorn, and Natasha Tasha Yar, portrayed by Denise Crosby. During a panel discussion with Star Trek The Next Generation star Denise Crosby, it was revealed that both of her of the former USS Enterprise D security chiefs will be appearing in Star Trek Picard's third season. While Paramount Plus and Rodby Entertainment previously confirmed the final season of Star Trek Picard will bring back the Star Trek Next Generation main cast for what is being built off the send-off season, including Dorn's Lieutenant Commander Worf, the studio has yet to make an announcement that the first season security chief, Tasha Yar, will be returning to the Star Trek universe. Crosby said her character will be returning to the franchise after she was asked by a fan if the upcoming third season of Star Trek Picard would be bringing back Tasha Yar. I don't want to give away too much, but I'm going to tell you that you will see Tasha Yar but I'm not going to tell you how. Although Denise Crosby's cryptic response did not give Trekkies too many clues to what to expect from Yar's story in Picard Season 3, it does give Yar's fan hope to her final get-to-the-end-ending that it deserves. Star Trek Picard Season 3 premieres on Paramount Plus in the U.S., and other Paramount Plus sites on February 16th. I don't know about all the national releases, but I know they're probably somewhere around the same time. Yeah, usually they are. All right, guys. Well, believe it or not, that wraps up our show. It's hard to believe it went by that fast. We had a lot to talk about. So I want to say thank you so much to Paul for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight. Thank you, Paul. Absolutely, man. It's really great to be able to celebrate um, what they were doing uh, to bring, uh, you know, let's be honest, to stick the landing uh, for Prodigy in such a great way. And it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful conclusion, but it's also a great uh, way to start a new year here on Trek Talking in a positive and enthusiastic way. So we're really out of the gate with a, a great uh, bright light shining forward. So exciting to celebrate. Had a lot of fun tonight. Absolutely. And thank you so much to Eric for hanging out and truck talking with us. Thank you, Eric. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun, gents. Thanks so much, and uh, have a great rest of your week. And thank you so much to Charles for hanging out with us and truck talking. Thank you, Charles. Oh, thank you. It was a great, great discussion about finishing off Prodigy, and can't wait to see what we do next. And we just got a few weeks to go and start talking Picard. We'll be Picarding. We're going to make it so. And thank you so much for David for hanging out and truck talking with us. Thank you, David. Yeah, you're welcome. This is going to be a great year for Star Trek. We're going to finally see all the good stuff come together. So hopefully it will be awesome. (laughs) I I agree. I think 2023 is going to be the year. And, of course, we want to say thank you to Ryan. It's been a while since we've heard from Ryan. But thank you so much for hooking up with us tonight, Ryan. Thank you. You're welcome. And of course, we hear you, Ryan. Yep, we can definitely hear you. It's great to hear your voice. 
<laughs> and uh, we also want to say thank you to Ray for calling in from the Bronx. Thank you very much, Ray, for calling us. And I just want to say to everybody, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. And please, everybody, be good to each other and stay safe. And remember, Star Trek fans are the best fans. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Hey, all Take care. Have a great night. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.